we have a very special guest artist with us, and uh, I mean artist in, in a very literal way, Matthew Bowman. Uh, he grew up here at Walloon Lake Church, uh, and he's been back with us for the last year or so. Uh, uh, Matthew is married to Catherine, and they have five children. They're uh, oldest uh, son and four daughters, uh, ages 4 to 11, and their son is 12. So let's roll out the welcome Walloon mat for Matthew. Those of you with uh, ADD, like myself, you're going to have lots of stimulation this morning. So this uh, should be interesting uh, as we dig into God's Word, and some of you... Uh, We'll spend a lot of time watching Matthew and seeing what's going on over there. Uh, let me give you kind of a three-minute um, rundown review of what's been going on in Jacob's life and the situation we're going to look at in uh, Genesis 28. That's what he's going to draw, the scene that we're going to talk about this morning. So here we go. Uh, three minutes. Twin boys are born to Isaac and Rebekah. The oldest is named Esau. He is a rugged, hairy hunter, a man of the outdoors. Esau was his father Isaac's favorite of the twins. Uh, his younger brother Jacob preferred hanging around the house. He, uh, he didn't like to go out. He didn't like hunting, and Jacob was his mother Rebecca's favorite. You'll recall we looked at... Uh, one day Esau had been out hunting all day long, came home late, uh, probably it's dusk, he's really hungry, he's starving, and Jacob is there cooking, and he's got this lentil stew, and Esau begs his little brother, oh, Jacob, please bring me a bowl of that, that smells wonderful. And uh, Jacob says, I'll share the bean soup with you, bro, uh, but uh, you, you got to promise that you'll give me your inheritance in exchange for a bowl of beans. Bad deal. And yet Esau says, okay, soup for my inheritance. I'm really hungry. Uh, last week uh, in Genesis 27, we saw there was some lying and deception going on. Jacob, with help from his mother, Rebekah, they heard dad's going to pray the prayer of blessing on Esau but we want that blessing for me. So what happens is they put some goat skins on his arms and on his shoulders because he wasn't hairy like his brother Esau and put his clothes on and let's go in and we'll pretend that you're Esau. So they go in, they've got some stew. Esau's out hunting. They, they get some goat stew and they lie and they deceive and Isaac thought he was blessing Esau when, in fact, he was actually blessing Jacob. Uh, chapter 27 and verse 41, if you have your Bible, uh, we looked last week that Esau held a grudge. I mean, a major league, uh, capital G grudge, so strong, he says, I'm going to kill him. And he meant it. I'm going to kill him uh, when dad's gone. Don't want, don't want to upset dad, but as soon as dad's gone, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. Rebecca catches wind of that, shares it with Isaac, her husband. Uh, I've just heard, 
I'm pretty sure Esau is so angry that he might even kill Jacob. So they believed that it really was likely and possible he would kill his brother uh, Jacob in revenge, so they sent Jacob away. Okay, you tracking with me? And they said, where are we going to send him? And Rebekah says, I'll send him to my brother's house. I'll send him to Laban, his uncle, five, six hundred miles away. I know it's a long way away, but he needs to be far away because if he's close by, I'm pretty sure Esau is going to kill him. So we're going to send him away, and maybe in time Esau's anger and fury will calm down. Uh, In the passage we're going to look at today, Jacob leaves Beersheba, and he travels 50 or 60 miles because he does name the place later where he's at, and we know it's about 50 or 60 miles north of where home was. Okay, Uh, Probably, since he's walking, it's a two- to three-day journey. Got that? So he's been traveling now all by himself, two- to three-days journey, and he's exhausted. He's lonely. He's afraid that Big Brother might actually hunt him down and follow him and attempt to kill him. That's the setting. Would you please stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud together the very first encounter that Jacob had with Jehovah God. Let's read together. Would you join me, please? Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, and to the east, to the north, and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Let's pray together. 
Lord, thank you for recording and preserving this encounter that you had with Jacob when he was exhausted, when he was frightened, when he felt all alone. Lord, I suspect some of my friends standing right now, right here in your church, can identify. Some of them are exhausted. Some of them are feeling all alone. Some of them are feeling overwhelmed and frightened. And I'm praying that today, as we study your book, that you might bring encouragement to their hearts, their souls, their minds. Bring holy hope and holy optimism. Lord, bring joy and confidence and faith for those who are in need today. Lord, I'm asking that you might speak today through your, your book. May what you recorded for us about this encounter you had with Jacob, may it speak to our hearts and our minds and our wills. Help us to tune in to your still, small voice. Lord, I'm asking that your spirit might take charge of these goofy lips of mine. Put a guard over my mouth. May Jesus and his spirit be welcomed and worshipped as we study your word together. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said, with one strong voice, you may be seated. Jacob, the brother who was a homebody, Jacob, uh, who didn't like to be away from home, he, he didn't like to leave, the tents of home, uh, some might even say Jacob, the mama's boy, is now 50 miles away from home. says it's getting dark. He's still nearly a month's journey from reaching Haran, where his uncle Laban lived. Uh, and verse 11 says he reaches a certain place. Uh, idea being he doesn't really know where he's at. I'm going to walk, I'm going to keep going. I'm going northeast, I'm going to keep moving, uh, and when it gets dark, uh, I'll stop for the night. So he's traveling second, third day into a month-long journey. How many of you, when you travel, like to bring along your own pillow? Can I see hands? Because uh, I, I just like to, yeah, uh, if you can, I realize you can't always do it, but if you can, isn't it nice to have your own pillow? Uh, I, I think we get a little idea of how tired Jacob truly was. Look at verse 11, because it says he's so tired he takes what? He takes a rock and lays his head on it. I think he saw this rock and said, hmm, that looks comfy. That, that looks fluffy. Uh, I think I'll lay my head down on that rock. Um, he's tired. He's worn out. He's been emotional. Uh, all the lying and deception and the anger and the drama at home and now he kisses everybody goodbye and now he's all alone out in the middle of nowhere and he doesn't like to be away from home. He's homesick and uh, he takes a stone and he's got this perfect pillow. Think about it. You know? This is like the perfect all-natural pillow. It'll never wear out. Imagine if we did a commercial, Henry. 
Uh, it will never shred. It will never fold. Uh, and it's, it's very washable. If it gets dirty, uh, just leave it outside for a little while. Uh, run the hose on it, throw it in the bathtub. Anyway, he's got this perfect... And we're going to look at the, uh, the pillow in a few moments because that's going to come back into play. Uh, anyway, he's stone cold asleep now. And he's got this amazing dream. This is an amazing dream. Look at verse 12. Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth with its top, top of the stairway reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Got the picture? If you don't, I got a feeling Matthew's going to show you what it looks like in a little bit, right, Matthew? Yeah, something along there. Uh, anyway, uh, verse 13, there above it, above the stairway, stood the Lord. So you got the stairway, got angels going up, going down, and the Lord appears at the top of the stairway, and here's what he says to Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. Um, this is the first time Jehovah appears to Jacob. Um, it's recorded uh, in Scripture. He's going to appear to him five more times. Uh, but this is the first, and I would argue the first time that Jehovah God appears to Jacob, it's huge. Because up to this point, there's very little spiritual life in Jacob. There's not much that shows that he has much of an appetite for God and, and following God and doing it God's way. But this dream uh, profoundly moves and wakes up Jacob. When he wakes up in the next morning, he's going to be a different man. Um, and let's just look and see what, what is it that God said to him. Uh, verse 13, he makes some promises. Last part of verse 13, the very land you're sleeping on right now, I'm going to give to you, Jacob, and your descendants. So you don't even know where you're at right now, but I'm just telling you where you're at is going to be your inheritance and your family's inheritance, and it's just going to keep on going for all time. Now we know that Jacob became known as, anybody know what his second name was? The life and times of Jacob, what is it? Israel. So, so really what he's saying is, uh, you're going to take possession of the land, and we're going to name the land after you, Jacob, when we change your name. And the land of Israel is what's going to be your possession. Second promise, verse 14. And, Jacob, you're going to have a lot of descendants. I mean, like, you're going to have so many descendants, they're going to spread out all over the earth. Uh, north, south, east, west, all over the entire world. Uh, third promise, last part of verse 14. And your descendants are going to be a blessing to the entire world. So, so you are going to be a blessing, but your descendants will be a blessing to the whole earth throughout the generations. Now, who was the descendant who was the blessing to the entire world? Anybody know? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus is going to be one of the descendants 
of Jacob. And he just wants you to know it's going to be a powerful blessing. It's going to go worldwide. Now, these are very similar promises that Jehovah God made to Jacob's grandfather. Jacob's grandfather's name was Abraham. And if you go back to Genesis 17, very similar promises made to Abraham. And also very similar promises that were made to Jacob's father. And his name was Isaac. Okay? Very similar. If you go in your Bibles to Genesis 26, very similar promises were made to him. And now the Lord is making promises to the grandson, Jacob. Uh, Look at verse 15. Here's what he says. I'm with you. And I'm going to watch over you wherever you go. I'm, I'm with you, Jacob. And I know right now you feel all alone. And I know you're homesick and you're exhausted and you're worn out and you're missing your mom. Uh, but I just want you to know I'm with you. Look at verse 15. This is powerful. I'm with you. I'm going to watch over you. And wherever you go, I'm going to be with you. And the Lord wants Jacob to know in this really vulnerable time, I'm with you, I'm going to watch over you, and i got like this entire army that's at my disposal. If you just notice, that's the picture that he gives Jacob. I've got this army of messengers. We would call those messengers what? Angels, right? And, and my messengers are carrying out my messages, my commands, my orders, and as I give them, they're heading down the staircase and they're completing my tasks. And when they're done, they've completed what I've ordered and commanded them to do, they're coming back to get the next order. So again, Jacob, you're not alone. Uh, I'm going to be with you, and, and I got this entire army of messengers that's with you as well. Um, Jacob, I know the next 20 years are going to be tough, but I just want you to know I'm with you. I'll watch over you. No matter where you go, I'm there. Early the next morning, verse 18, what does Jacob do? (laughs) He he takes his pillow, and I don't know if I should do this again because it wasn't very cooperative last time, but we'll give it a shot anyway. Uh, that's how silly I am. Uh, yeah. Here we go. And he turns his pillow into... Nobody breathe. Nope. No more sneezing. He turns his pillow into a pillar. Okay, we'll just do it that way, okay? It was just a small, short pillow. And a, and a, he just had a small head, I, I'm guessing. Uh, but anyway, he turns his pillow into a pillar, and then what does he do? He takes some olive oil, and he pours it on top of the rock. He's basically saying, I don't want to forget this, and I want this to kind of burn in my memory, and Lord, I just want you to know, this rock, it's a symbol that I'm dedicating my life to you. And, and when you pour olive oil and pour it out in Scripture, it's a sign of pouring out your life in devotion to the Lord. And that's exactly what he's saying here. I'm going to pour out my life in devotion to you, Lord. For the, for the rest of my days, I'm awake and I'm alive to you. Now, 
Jacob's attention has been woken up. He's, he's alive and, and woken up spiritually, and now he's going to make a vow. He's going to make a promise to the Lord who just made promises to him. Look at verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and you're going to watch over me on this journey I'm taking, and you're going to give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I'm going to get to return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar, it's going to be God's house. And all of that you give me, I'm going to give back to you what? I'm going to give back to you, what does it say? A tenth. I'm going to give you a tithe or a tenth. Uh, He's responding to God's promises. He's responding to all that he's just been given. Since you're going to be with me, Jehovah, since you're going to watch over me, you're going to provide, you're going to protect me, you're going to bring me back home, Uh, I'm going to remember this night, how? Uh, With with my stone pillar, uh, with my olive oil, uh, soaking over the top of it, symbolizing me, devoting my life, pouring my life out to you. And and also, Lord, verse 22, um, Lord, this is a statement of faith. Since you're going to protect me and be with me and provide for me, I believe you're going to meet my needs, so I'm going to give you the first of all that I receive. I'm going to give you the first. Uh, Before I I know if I have enough, I'm going to give you the first because I'm going to trust you're going to give me everything I need. It's been said that the very last thing to get saved on a man is what? Okay, I'll give you another run at that, okay? It's been said that the very last thing that gets saved on a man is what? Jacob's wallet gets saved, verse 22. Look at it. And and I just want you to understand that's a part of his vow. I just want you to know, Lord, you got my attention. I trust you. I believe you're going to come through. And and now I'm going to give you back before it it even... I know if I have enough, I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to give you a quick and easy budget lesson based on verse 22. You ready? So you got a pen? Uh, get your bulletin. It's got a blank sheet there. You can take a note there. Here we go. Uh, Dave Ramsey, here we come. Uh, three easy steps. Are you ready? Uh, how, do I, how do I take care of my budget? How do you do it? First thing, you ready? Pay the Lord. First, pay the Lord. Trust the Lord. Lord, I believe that you're going to provide for me, and I'm going to show you, I trust you, uh, the very first check I write is going to be to you. I would suggest you start at 10%. Okay? Okay, step number two, you ready? Pay the Lord, now pay yourself. Second thing you got to do, pay yourself. Decide in your head, how much do you want to save? How much do you want to be paid yourself? And I would suggest good place to start is 10%. So you pay the Lord. Secondly, you pay yourself. You ready for the third step? Live on what's left. Live on what's left. Live on the 80% that's left. And I promise you, uh, do it God's way. Pay the Lord. Pay yourself. Live on what's left. That's called a budget. Uh, that's a great place to start. And if you're under 40, uh, if you would grab that, pay the Lord first, pay yourself second, live on what's left, I promise you in 20 years you'll be saying, Lord, I'm so glad I did it your way. 
Uh, I'm glad that, that I, I learn pay you first, pay myself second, and just live on what's left and, and not try to reverse those numbers. Anyway, nice story, interesting dream, glad I don't have to sleep on a rock. Uh, how does this apply to me? I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, would you? Gospel of John, chapter 1. Jesus in John chapter 1 is uh, calling his disciples to follow him, the 12. Um, and he's saying, leave everything behind, leave your nets, uh, leave, leave your families, come follow me. Uh, Andrew says, okay, I'll follow Peter. Yep, I'm following. Philip, I'm following. And then Jesus has an encounter with Nathaniel. Uh, Verse 48, I saw you, Nathaniel, when you were under a fig tree. And, and Nathaniel says, whoa, whoa, you knew I was under a fig tree? You must be the Son of God. You must be the King of Israel because you couldn't see me physically, but somehow you knew. Verse 49, verse 50, uh, Jesus says, because I told you you were under a fig tree, Nathaniel, you're all wigged out. Uh, Nathaniel, you ain't seen n- n- nothing yet. I'm telling you, Nathaniel, uh, you're going to see some really amazing things, and that's where I want to start. Verse 51, here's the amazing thing. Jesus says, you ain't seen yet. Verily, verily, I tell you, Jesus talking to Nathaniel, you're going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Where else have we heard about that picture of the angels of God ascending and descending from heaven itself? Where? Uh, Yeah, Genesis chapter 28. So I just want you to know that wasn't by accident. Jesus is pointing back to Jacob and, and he's identifying with what's happening here in Genesis chapter 28. Now, now let me just pause for a moment. Son of man is Jesus' favorite name for himself. The, the most common way Jesus refers to himself in the Gospels is the Son of Man. In Matthew, he refers to the Son of Man 32 times. In uh, Mark, 15 times. In Luke, 26 times. In the Gospel of John, 12 times. Okay, and I just want to pause for just a moment. Jesus is saying, Nathaniel, follow me. And stuff like that was going on back in Genesis 28 is going to be a part of your life. Because I was the one promising my presence with Jacob. You tracking with me? Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, as a good Jew, he would have known Genesis 28. Uh, Nathaniel, church at Walloon Lake, the guy on the staircase, guess who that was? That was me. <laughs> that was me, Nathaniel. And, and I was the one who made those promises to Jacob, and I was the one who fulfilled those promises and kept them. I was the one who watched over Jacob. That was me on the staircase. I watched over Jacob wherever he went. 
And guess what, Nathaniel? I'm going to do the same with you if you'll follow me. Yeah, just leave whatever you're doing, and now you come and follow me, Nathaniel, and you're going to see powerful stuff. You're going to see all that I have at my disposal. I've got all of these messengers called what? Angels, oh yeah, and, and they're at my disposal. My disposal, Jesus says. And, and they're, they're leaving heaven and they're off doing things that I've commanded them to do. And they're coming back up and getting their next orders. And, and guess what? All of that power and all of that authority is going to watch over you. Because I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Messiah. I'm the King of Heaven. And, and I watched over Jacob and I'm going to watch over you, and wherever you go, I'm going to provide and protect for you, and, and wherever you go in this life, I'm going to be with you. Now go back to verse 51. I want to show you that probably escapes most of us the first time we read it. Okay, So look in verse 51. Here we go. And the angels of God ascending and descending, what's the next word? Okay, a few of you got it. Okay, rest of you, we're going to play a long game right now. Okay, verse 51. The angels of God ascending and descending. Next word is on or upon the Son of Man. What is that saying? That's saying that the staircase or the ladder between heaven and earth is the Son of Man. Tracking? So uh, the angels are literally able to go back and forth on and through me. Uh, the, the staircase and the ladder between heaven and earth is Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Isn't that interesting? Acts 4.12 says it this way, Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Give me your eyes. The only ladder, the only staircase between heaven and earth, the only way for us to have access to heaven, to have the power of heaven, to have the protection and provision of heaven, for us to have any hope of going to heaven is in and through the ladder the staircase, Jesus Christ. He's it. There is no option B, is what Jesus is saying. I'm it. And Jesus now is telling Nathaniel, follow me, Nathaniel, and I'm going to be watching over you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to provide for you. Wherever you go, Nathaniel, you follow me, you get in connection with the ladder and the staircase, to heaven, I'm just telling you, you don't have nothing to worry about. You come follow me, church at Walloon. And when you're a follower of Jesus, wherever we go, we've got the same promise that Nathaniel had. Um, we've got the very same promise that Jacob had in Genesis chapter 28. Are you tracking? So, so in other words, wherever we go, Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. Uh, I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to provide for you wherever you go, even on the really bad days when you're feeling alone and exhausted 
and you're frightened and things aren't going well, Jesus is saying, I'm just like the one who was talking to Jacob at the top of the stairs. Recall that? And he said, I'm up here, and don't worry, Jacob. I want to be with you wherever you go, and I've got this awesome army, and they're at my disposal, and they're going to carry out my commands on your behalf. That same God, that same staircase, Jesus Christ, he's talking today. And I'm just telling you, I don't think he's at the top of the staircase. Are you ready? I would argue when he took on human form in Bethlehem, and when he took on human form and dwelt among us, he, he's now at the bottom of the steps talking to us. Okay? So he's not just at the top hollering down. He's literally now amongst us, and it, through his spirit takes up residence in us, and he's saying, you know what, I, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to watch over you, and no matter what you face, I got you. Here's how the Apostle Paul says it. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Question. What could ever separate us from the love of Jesus? What's the answer? Like, no way, no how, no body, not ever going to happen, couldn't happen, never will happen. And we're going to see in the coming weeks, uh, as we keep following Jacob, uh, the next 20 years are not going to be easy for Jacob. The next 20 years are going to be hard and painful, and he's going to be worn out and frustrated and angry. Um, but I want you to understand the very same God who said, Jacob, wherever you go, I'm with you. Whatever you face, I'm right there at your side. I'm going to provide, and I'm going to... The very same God is with us today if you're a follower of Jesus. Good news. If you know Jesus, if like you've been like Nathaniel and said, okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, that's the promise that you get to hold on to. That's the promise for you and for me. Um, wherever we go, he's watching over us. No matter what we face, my love is strong. You couldn't get away from my love if you tried. Now Jacob is so moved by these promises. Jacob is so overwhelmed by this dream. What's he do? He puts a rock down and he says, you know what, I, I'm going to remember this. And for him... He put a rock down, poured oil over it. He said, I'm pouring my life out in devotion to you. And then he said, and um, Lord, every time I receive anything, I'm going to give back to you the first 10%. That, that's a statement of faith. So how did Jacob respond to the promises? Uh, with a rock, with some oil, and with the promise, Lord, every time I get something, you get back the first 10%. Here's my question. How are you going to remember the protection, the provision, the presence of Jesus with you wherever you go? Whatever you face. Whatever, whatever you, comes your way in this next week. The Lord says, I'm, I'm, I got you. I'm with you. I'm going to watch over wherever you go. 
what would the Lord have you do in response to his amazing promises? It was a dark night. Jacob was between a rock and a hard place. Jacob saw and heard the Lord in a way that changed his life. He realized the Lord was nearer and closer than he ever imagined. The guy at the bottom of the steps there with the red sash, (laughs) that's Jesus. And he's on the staircase And he is the staircase. And I suspect some of you here today, things are kind of dark and scary and you're lonely. And I just want you to know what Jesus said to Jacob, what Jesus said to Nathaniel is still his message today. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave. You couldn't make me go away. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to get you through whatever you face, wherever you go. Jesus, how are you going to remember that? How are you going to respond this morning? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our ladder, our staircase to eternal life. And Lord, my prayer is there may very well be some here today who've never walked that staircase. They never have by faith climbed the ladder. They've never believed Uh, They've never received the only ladder to heaven. And Lord, we realize you made that possible through the cross. I pray that you'll make folks hungry and thirsty to know eternal life, to know Jesus personally, to know his protection and his provision in his power and his presence. It's not available until by faith we believe and receive the only way to eternal life, which is through your son Jesus. Make us hungry. Make us thirsty. I pray that those who are here without him They won't rest until they say yes and invite your son to take charge of their lives and follow. I pray for those who feel lost and lonely and overwhelmed with life's journey right now. I know for a fact some some of my friends here are, are worn out and tired and exhausted and feeling all alone, feeling lost, a lot like Jacob. And we just want to hold on to that promise. 
and watch over us. Wherever we go, you're with us. And you have all the resources of heaven available for your children. Help us to believe that. Lord, help us to find a way like Jacob did to remember it. Help us, Lord, to respond in a way that's appropriate. We love you. It's good to be your children. It's good to know your son, Jesus. Help us to worship and celebrate him well. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things.